Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another exciting broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going into a part number three of the series entitled The Wild Child. I pray that you will richly be blessed. And don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. On our website, you can find today's message as well as the entire series and so much more. So check it out. And while you're there, please consider giving a financial donation in support of this ministry. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and it is entitled The Wild Child Part 3, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark 9, Mark 9, um, for sermon number three of today, maybe number four of today, I don't know. Are y'all with me today? I've read to you before, this will be part three of the series, uh, part three of the series, The Wild Child. This morning, we're going to read uh, Mark 9, verses 14 through 29 out of the New Living Translation this time. I want you to hear how it sounds. And of course, you can also read the screen behind me. We've gone through the King James Version at least twice already. And we'll be getting back to the King James because that's our root version. But I, I want you to hear how this sounds in the New Living Translation. It's going to bring a little bit more flavor or color to it. All right. So uh, are y'all ready? Let's go ahead and pray first. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this day and for the rich blessing that you've given us in your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today expressly by your spirit, that you would teach us what we need to know, that you would lead us where we need to go. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and for the great harvest that you're sending forth this month. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, some things, as we were praying just a moment ago, some things that some of you have been waiting on will manifest this month in, will manifest in August. There are some finances that have been held up, and you'll see some things manifested this month in August. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad we're recording. I'm so glad you're recording. Hallelujah. You was, we can play this back on the, this is the first Sunday of August, so we can play it back the first Sunday of next month. I don't care. Some of the things that you've been waiting for, been praying for, uh, you will see manifested in the month of August. It will break loose in the month of August. For some of you, that means great finances in the month of August. Now, here's what, here's what you need to do. Again, you're going to need to ask God, first of all, for wisdom as to what you need to do with the money when it comes. Already have a plan for money. Already have a plan for it. Are you hearing me? Already have a plan for it. So you're praying for a plan first, and secondly, you're praying also how much you need to sow even right now. All right, praise the Lord. Y'all ready to get into the word today? All right, let's look at... um, Let's look at the screen. You can look at the screen. I'm going to look here. Uh, we're going to read um, Mark 9, verses 14 through 29. And today I'm coming nice and close to y'all. I want to I be close to you. Do, 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 do. I want to be close. All right, you ready? 
All right, let's go ahead and read. It says, when they returned to the other, uh, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Remember, Jesus is coming down out of the mountain of transfiguration. As he comes down, he sees the, the people arguing or talking. King James says, questioning with the disciples. Uh, verse 15, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were over, they were what? Overwhelmed uh, with awe and they ran to greet him. Verse 16. But, uh, rather, verse 16, what is all the arguing about? Jesus asked. I'm going to read from here. Uh, verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son, uh, my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Verse 18, and uh, whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foameth at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast to, to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't they could uh, couldn't do it. Verse 19, Jesus said unto them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Verse 20. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell on the ground, uh, withering and foaming at the mouth. Uh, verse 21. How long has it, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. What's the next three words there? If you can. One thing you never want to do in God's face is tell him if you can. Let there be a red flag already, okay? Jesus said, look at uh, verse 23. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus, Jesus uh, asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Isn't that something? Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers, onlookers are rubberneckers if you're driving, that's what they call them going down the road, rubberneckers, right? Y'all heard that before, right? Onlookers was, uh, was growing. He rebuked the evil spirit saying, listen, uh, you spirit that makes this boy unable to, to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit uh, screamed. I would scream, but I'm not. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. Stop for a moment. That's something. This father cries out for deliverance from Jesus. His son is already bad off. He's possessed with the devil. He knows it. This is something in his house that's out of control. He goes to disciples. They couldn't do anything about it. He goes to Jesus. Jesus is an authority. The spirit leaves. But now his situation appears to have gone from bad to worse. Now it looks like my boy's dead. At least I had him every once in a while. 
But it appears to have gone from bad to worse. Isn't that something? Look at the path of deliverance. All right, but it says, um, okay, oh, yeah. Um, the boar appeared to be dead. A, a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Thank God. Verse 18, afterwards, when Jesus was alone uh, in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Of course, the New Living Translates admits um, they omit the word fasting, but we know it's fasting there. Amen. Now, let's go back for a moment. Now, I want to show you, show you just a few things. Then we're going to get into some deeper things. And I pray that this word cuts you as deeply as it cut me. Grab your keys. You ready? Now, I want you to see something here. Look at verse number 20 again. It says, so they brought the boy to, they brought the boy, um, to the Lord there. But, they, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus... Uh, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell on the ground and he's foaming and all that stuff again, right? Now, won't you see this scenario? Now, I would have somebody acted up, but we're not going to do that. See somebody there in a violent convulsion. There is definitely an evil spirit in this child. And I want you to feel also the desperation of the father who sees his son. Uh, under the influence or the governorship of something evil. He goes to Jesus and Jesus goes before him. And okay, the boy comes, the spirit, the, the boy, I mean, falls under control of the evil spirit and he's on the ground foaming and, and shaking and all that. But Jesus is so cool because he does not go into fits. He's not, oh my God, what am I going to do? Or oh myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's not panic stricken. What does he do? He stops and asks the father questions. Sees the boy. How long has he been this way? He stops and has a conversation. While that is going on, while the foaming and while the convulsing, the shaking, while it's going on, he has a conversation. He's in perfect control. Full control. Isn't that awesome? So here's one thing that we need to know as well, and this also helps us as you are, uh, as we work with other people that are going through emotional challenges. Don't get wrapped up in their challenges. Always stay in the place where you can be objective and you can hear from God. If they are freaking out and crying, if you freak out and cry with them, then just going to be a lot of tears on the ground. But you need to stay objective. What happened? Let me discern what's going on. Now, the Lord knows full well. He is very capable. He has the spirit of God without measure. So he knows how long this has been going on with the boy. He already knows. But he's making the father interact with him at this time. He's asking him questions. Um, bring that pulpit over for me, please. Uh, Jimmy, let Jimmy do it. Bring that pulpit over for me, please. That little podium. I want to stay here with y'all. I want to show you some things, okay? Can we do this today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring that right over here. Thank you. And so he asked, he, asked, he asked the father the question, how long has this been happening? This came upon him when he was a child. 
This came upon him when he was in a vulnerable state. All right, right here be good. Thank you. You're a good pulpit mover, Jimmy. Thank you. Let's give Jimmy a hand. Thank you. Oh, bless God for him. That's one of the best pulpit moving sessions I've ever seen. All right. Now, I want you to notice a few things Then we're going to actually close out today if you stay with me. All right. So the boy is under attack on the ground. Jesus stops to ask questions, stops to assess the situation. He does not get wrapped up in what's going on or what's happening. He stops and he assesses. The spirit came upon the child. Uh, spirit came upon the boy. Now, we don't know how old the boy is, but the Bible says it came upon him when he was a child, probably a lad, maybe, I don't know, five, four, five, six years of age. Now, because of the uh, because of the flow of the conversation, it appears that this child could at least be in his teens or late teens, possibly early 20s. He's had this been going on. He's been going on with this for quite a while. OK, can you catch that flow? So this has been happening for a while, but it happened to him. It came upon him when he was a child. You'll be amazed when we are children, the amount of things uh, that we can be subjected to or vulnerable to as, you know, as a child. Many of us that are now adults can point back to our childhood when something came upon us. When fear first came in, when anger first came in, bitterness first came in. A lot of this, a lot of these negative things happen when we were still very young. Now, I want you to notice here the tone that Jesus has with the father here in verse number 19. This brings something very important. Jesus said to him after they brought the young boy, after they brought the person to Jesus and he falls, falls on the ground. Jesus um, says rather prior to that. Let me back up verse 18. Okay. And whithersoever the spirit seizeth him, he, it throws him violently to the ground. And we went over all that last week. Then he foameth at the mouth and grinds uh, with his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, O faithless people. Now, the book of uh, Matthew verse 17 adds faithless and perverse generation faithless and perverse generation. Now catch the tone. Even if we just look uh, here in New Living Translation, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, that does not sound like cookies and cream to me. That sounds, that sounds like it's a hint of frustration, a hint of anger there. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. Doesn't that sound someone like someone's angry or frustrated here? Now, why would this be the case? Why would this be the case? Listen, the answer to the answer to all of this in the answer, we can also find the prevention. Remember, the disciples asked him, Lord, why can we cast this devil out? Why can we do it? He said, this kind comes out by what? Prayer and prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Now, the answer or the cure is also the prevention. So we can say that if this father 
had been in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. If this father had been in a lifestyle of being committed toward the Lord, lived a sacrificial life, then very possible, possibly that this thing would not have come upon his child. This also tells us as well that Jesus is saying here, why are you asking me to do something that you could have done yourself? Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I put up with you? Uh, rather, how long shall I be with you? How, how long must I put up with you? In other words, you're asking me to do something that you could have done yourself, that you could have or should have done yourself. Now, the disciples had an excuse, of course. They were not fasting. They were with the Lord. But the father of the child could have been praying for his son in fasting and in prayer, seeking the Lord, and this would have been dealt with. Does that make sense? Now, here's a question I need to ask you. What are you waiting on someone else to do that you should be doing yourself? This father goes to Jesus. The father goes to disciples and this and that and the other. It's plain that he should have been fasting and praying for his son. But fasting and prayer talks about a commitment to God. It talks about living a sacrificial, devoted life to God. If he done this, because again, the answer for something is the same thing that can be used in the prevention of something. You go to the doctor, doctor says, all right, well, you know, you're in this condition. Uh, what's the prescription, doc? Well, you're going to have to eat, eat, these, eat this kind of food. You're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to exercise this and that and the other. And you're going to take these supplemental things and your body gets back on track. Well, if you had done that in the first place. Hallelujah. The answer is also part of the prevention. Just keep looking straight ahead. We won't know. Are you hearing? So the father had the ability as head of the household, as head of the house to pray for and intercede for his child. And A, this would not have happened or B, this would have been dealt with a long time ago. But because he continued to seek others to do for him what he should have done for himself, that means his child suffered much longer than he had to. How are you suffering in your life? Because you're still waiting on someone else to do what you should do. In this generation, we call it entitlement. You do for me and I do nothing. You do for me. You pay my way. You, you, you. And that's the prevailing fault in this generation. They want, they want everybody else to pay for them, but they do nothing. I call it the, um, maybe the freeloader syndrome. Now, I have not interviewed anybody in here, so praise the Lord. Let's say if you have someone staying with you in your house, they're staying with you. They say, well, I'm between jobs right now or, you know, I'm, I, I, um, you know, they're a young person and they have, you know, they have energy and all that good stuff, but they're just loafing on the sofa. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm between jobs. I got laid off this and that and the other. So they don't provide anything money wise for the house, but you let them stay there. You say, okay, well, you don't have any money. At least there's something. How about get up and wash the dishes? 
How about cutting the grass? How about washing the clothes if you can know how to wash clothes? How about doing other things to help support the house besides just sitting there and eating up all my groceries? And using all my power to watch television and using all my air conditioner up every day. But it's that freeloader mentality. I will do nothing. You provide for me. I put nothing in. I'll just suck it all in. And you know what? What if the person, if the person that lets them stay there loses their job and can no longer provide, you know what they're going to do? Go find somebody else. Isn't that sad? They'll say, I'll go find somebody else before I will. Okay, well, you down. Let me go to work now. Help out. Doing what they should have been doing in the first place the whole time. Right? So I wonder how many of us have this sort of freeloader mentality. Or we're expecting someone else to do for us what we should have been doing all along. When I was cutting grass one day, once, uh, one day in my yard, I heard this, stop waiting on Superman. Now the Lord knows how to talk to me, okay? <laughs> I heard this. Gwen, I heard it. Stop waiting on Superman. Well, it may have no meaning to you, but I knew exactly what the Lord was saying to me. I was waiting on someone and praying for someone to come in and swoop in and save the day. Someone who's going to come and handle this and, and handle that. Lord, it's too much for me. Send somebody. Send somebody. Swoop in. I'm waiting on Superman to come and, and save the day. And I heard, stop waiting on Superman. You the Superman. You handle it. You deal with it. God bless your pastor, but sometimes you need to pray. All right, praise Jesus. Let's go a little bit further today, and then we're going to close out. Now, what I want you to see something here. So, again, there is this entitlement thing. You do nothing, but expect God to do everything. That's bad. So we need to ask God, Lord, where am I falling? Where am I failing? What should I be doing that I'm not doing? How am I waiting on you to do it or someone else to do it? And I'm not doing it. The Bible declares that uh, he will cause things to prosper. Uh, he will cause the things you do to prosper. Uh, Psalm 1 verse 3 tells us that it says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. But people are expecting rain. This is a strange thing. People are expecting to prosper without doing anything. So the question is, Lord, what can I do? What am I expected to do? That makes sense to you? And I love, uh, go ahead and get this one. Go ahead and get Psalm 128. I want you to get this one. Oh, we're going to get this one together. Let's get this one together. Let's get Psalm 128. Hallelujah. Go back to the screen, Tori, please. Oh, let's get this in Jesus' name. Psalm 128. Psalm 128, 
Yes, that's what I want. Thank you. Psalm 128. Are you there? If you need time, say, hold up. All right, well, wait a second. I want, you, I want us to get it. I want us to get it. Because remember, this is the season of abundance. This is the, this is the season of, this is the season of divine increase. Right here, right now. This is, is a season, I can see this gene, like a great piñata that is being struck, 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 struck. And the final blow is about to hit, and what's there is about to fall. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, harvest time is really good news for farmers that have planted seed. Amen. I wonder, did you get that? Did you get that? Harvest time is really good time. It's a time of shouting. They can go to. They can even go to the bank and get a, and get a loan off of the off of the crop that they are expecting because during planting season they planted rows and rows and rows of squash and and maidas and 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 corn and just other stuff. They were out there in the heat, in the hot, you know, in the sun and watering and all that stuff. So when you say harvest time to them, they get excited. Hallelujah. Harvest time. Harvest time. I get to can it up and, you know, all that stuff. Right. But to the one who just sits on the stoop on the porch who hadn't planned anything, it's just another day. Are you hearing me? All right, let's go to Psalm 128, then we're going to begin to close out. Are y'all still with me today? Oh, y'all have really been good today. I'm going to have to give y'all a gold star today. Patricia, gold star today. Gold star. Gold star. Bless you. Are you ready? Psalm 128, are y'all there? Verse number one, it says what? Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. That walketh in his ways. Verse 2. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be. And it shall be well with thee. Isn't that wonderful? You're going to eat the labor of your hands. Hallelujah. But what happens when my hands have not been laboring? Then we have to fall back on mercy. Then we have to fall back um, on, yeah, on that freeloader mentality. Well, then we have to fall back from there. Instead of us being the givers, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Instead of us being the givers, then we're going to have to be the receivers. Now, at different times in life, we're all going to have to receive because we're not going to have it always. I'm not just talking about money things, but... I may need you. I may need some encouragement. I may need you to pray for me. Are you hearing? So there's a balance in life. We won't always be givers. Sometimes we're going to have to receive. And either way, we're going to have to have grace and and uh, mercy and be humble on both sides. I give humbly and not with pride. Hmm, I got to give this to you. No, my Jesus. Get out of here. Right? No, yeah, yeah, I want somebody to do that. You keep that, right? But either way, we give humbly and we receive humbly, knowing that we will both be on either sides of that. All right? 
Are you ready? So it says again um, that you're going to eat the labor of your hands. Isn't that wonderful? Let's go to one more. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 1. Turn with me in your Bibles. Isaiah. Yes. Isaiah, the first chapter. I like this. Our, Our church service Bible study. Let me know when you got Isaiah. (laughs) All right, some pages are sticky. Haven't been there in a while. No problem. Oh, did I forget online community? Hello. We're so glad that you joined us today. Pray you're getting something out of this word today. Are you all ready? Isaiah, we're going to just read three verses. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. It says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Look at verse 19. Let's try to read 19 together. Ready? Let's go. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Verse 20. But if you re- refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. All right. So, yes, I'm willing to serve the Lord. Yes, 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 Jesus. But are you obedient? Are we obedient? We got to complete that. The heart and the actions must line up. So you know things that you should be doing. What's stopping you from doing them? And the question is, how long will you live with the guilt or the shame of not doing it? You know things you should be doing, but you're not doing them. Because we make excuses. We got a lot. We know how to make some excuses. Who can I, who can I talk to? Uh, Erica, we know how to make some excuses, don't we? We can rattle down the list as to why we don't do this, as to why we don't do that. And we can say, and we know God said this. We know, thus saith the Lord. It is written in the word. We know it. We know it. We know it. Linda, where we know it. But we can give the biggest excuses. But listen, just like the father here in Mark 9, how long will you live with the torment of that spirit in the house? Because listen, if we don't do it, it invites in another spirit. And then we got to get all that out. And you can be bringing torment into your life simply because you know what to do and you don't do it. Does that make sense? So let's stop making excuses and let's believe God. Let's believe God. I would rather go through this life. Believe in the Lord. Let's say God said, do it. And I did it. And it caused my death. God said, do it. And I do it. And it caused my death. I would rather die in belief. than continue to leave in unbelief. They continue to live, live with excuses. 
at least when I'm in heaven, I could point my finger and say, God, I'm up here because I did what you said. And this caused this. Instead of me dying and going to heaven and then have to offer a bunch of excuses as to your mouth won't even work that way. Then you won't even be there's God standing right there. You're going to be shaking too bad to offer up a bunch of excuses at that time. You and I only have a little while left on this planet. We only have a little while left, a little while left to make an impact. Just a little while. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. If the Lord Jesus would come, if the Lord Jesus comes back first before we go into the grave. But one thing is true in this life. There are two things you're going to have to do. You have to pay taxes and you're going to have to die. (laughs) If you're going to live. You and I will have to die if the Lord Jesus tarries. We will have to die. We will have to give God an account. So what I'm saying, let's live without excuses. Let's let God handle the consequences. Let's do what we should do now and let God handle the consequences. Please tell your neighbor that. Let's, let's tell them, let's do what God wants us to do now. What we should do. And let him worry about the consequences. Because what, we, what do we say? We say, Lord, if I do this, so-and-so is going to happen. Somebody's get mad. If I do this, if I do this, I won't have enough to do this. If I do, if I do, if I do, excuse, excuse, excuse. Let's do our best to live without excuses. Okay? I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop right there. Give Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning at 10. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.